0: as it is appointed for man to die once, but after this, the judgment. Hebrews 9, 27. Hey everyone, welcome to the Abram Gomez podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Abram. I hope that you've enjoyed the End Times episodes. Now, I've said it from the beginning, it's not an exhaustive study or teaching. It's basically one of those mini-series just to kind of whet your appetite on end-time understanding and theology. And uh, I'm not going to have a chance to really do more episodes on all the other topics as it pertains to end times. There's the Antichrist. There's the One World Government. There, There's the Great Tribulation. There's so much more and i just really gave a brief overview and in this episode what i want to cover is i want to cover the judgments now according to scripture and i'm going to get right into this according to scripture there are two judgments there is the the great white throne judgment where everyone will be judged and then there is the judgment seat of christ and I have an understanding as I've studied scripture, as I've been taught in time doctrine, I have an understanding that the judgment seat of Christ is a different judgment than the great white throne judgment. And I'll give you some scripture for both. But since the last episode I shared with you was on the rapture, I'm going to jump right into right now on the judgment seat of Christ. See, immediately after the rapture, every Christian will stand before Christ to be judged by him. This judgment has nothing to do with salvation, for only the saved will be there. Paul mentions our appearance before the judgment seat of Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, and also in Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Now, there is a detailed passage, and I'm going to read it for you, in the Bible related to this coming event in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 9 through 15. And hear what it says. It says, We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work, which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. And I'm going to talk about rewards. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire. You know, the Bible shows us that, that good works will receive rewards and and we need to have an understanding, a, a basic, rudimentary, foundational mindset and awareness of what constitutes as a good work. Now, remember, we're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. Okay, a lot of people sometimes in their own salvation, and maybe that's maybe that's been you. Maybe after you placed your faith in Christ, maybe maybe in your mind you thought, well, that's it. Well, now comes the working of the Holy Spirit. Now comes the sanctification of, your, of who you are, the holiness that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives, but also the working of good works through our lives, our conduct, our character. Some of the good works are when we witness, when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ to someone else, an unbeliever, someone who's not saved, and they come to the Lord. That's a good work. Worship can also be seen as a good work. Generosity is a good work when you're, when you're ready to share When you're ready to give, that's a good work. Jesus made it clear that nothing is too small to be considered a good work. In Matthew 10, 42, he said, Whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. Even a seemingly insignificant word or deed done for the glory of the Lord will receive divine compensation. So virtually anything done for Christ with the right attitude and motive will receive a reward. And according to 1 Corinthians 3.12, these deeds are described as gold, silver, and precious stones. But also by contrast, Jesus tells us that, that deeds and good works done with the intention of impressing men are worthless in his sight. Matthew 6.2 states flatly that, that anyone who does a good work in order to receive praise from others will receive no reward from God. The earthly approval is the only reward that person will receive. These works, of course, are the wood, hay, and straw mentioned in 1 Corinthians three twelve. They will not survive the test of fire. So in other words, when we do something in the name of God, in the name of Christ, so that others can see what we're doing, so that we can receive their praise and their applause, you have your reward by receiving their praise. That is your reward. But when you don't let your right hand, when you don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing and only God sees it, well, now you you've put yourself in a position for a heavenly reward. When you decide to honor God privately, when you, when you give, when you worship, when you serve with the right motive, the right attitude, everyone does not have to know what you're doing for the Lord. There are some things that there's nothing wrong with boasting in God. But in today's generation, where we post everything about our lives, if we do it for the likes, if we do it for the gram, if we do it for the, the vision, the visual of others, well, that is your reward. But when we fast, when we seek God in prayer, close the door behind us, when we give to God, when we, when we witness, when we worship, when we do good deeds in the name of Jesus, not, not solely for the applause of men, but for the pleasing of one. we we put ourselves in a position to receive divine compensation one day. See, in in the judgment seat of Christ, listen, the judgment seat of Christ, why am I talking about rewards? Because everything that we do for God, everything we do for his kingdom, that's why the Bible says don't don't store up treasure on earth where moth and rust can destroy, but store up treasure in heaven where thief cannot break in. Where, where, where rust cannot destroy. See, even now, let me encourage you. If you're doing things for God and nobody knows about it, it's okay. They don't have to because God knows about it and God sees it. But if maybe in your heart you're doing things or maybe maybe this is a brand new teaching for you, a fresh understanding and awareness that you've been doing things for the praise of men, well, now I, through this podcast, you're gaining an understanding that should not be our motive. Again, there's nothing wrong with witnessing and testifying of what God is doing, how God has used you. Nothing wrong with that. Just be sure to check your motives. Be sure to check your motives that you're doing it with a purity, that you're doing it it maybe in a way to inspire other, other people's faith. Maybe you're doing it in a way to show people that if God can do it through you, God can do it through others. I've often shared what God has done through my life. There's nothing wrong with that. I've often testified, and again, there's nothing wrong with testifying. Here, the point is motives, because again, at the judgment seat of Christ, our lives, those of us that have placed faith in Christ, we will be judged before Christ, and the works of our life for him will be tested by fire. Now, the two greatest enemies of Christian service are selfishness and laziness, And these two have robbed many of God's children of rewards they should have received. So what are some of the rewards that that Christians will receive when we are judged? In Scripture, we find the mention of five different crowns reserved for those who are faithful to do God's work. Now, I'm going to give these crowns to you quickly. I'm not going to have time to go into depth and detail. I simply, again, want to give you some surface understanding. I would encourage you to go to your own Bibles And study this. But I'm going to give you five crowns that the Bible mentions that are rewards for those according to the work, according to the perseverance, according to what the Scripture says in an effort to receive one of these crowns, the prerequisites. Now again, it's not good works that saves us, but we are saved for good works. Now here's one of the crowns. That will be given at the judgment seat of Christ. One of them is the incorruptible crown or the victor's crown. The incorruptible crown or the victor's crown. This is found in 1 Corinthians 9.25. And it says that every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. See, this crown is often called the victor's crown. It's conferred upon those who keep their body and bring it into subjection, according to 1 Corinthians 9, 27. That is those who have purged themselves from the inducements and the pleasures of this world in order to be of profitable service for the Lord Jesus Christ, they merit this crown. You know, all those sacrifices that you make, in order to, to remain pure before God, uh, and not, and in other words, not to allow anything to defile what you're doing for God. When you sacrifice, when you say no to temptation, when you overcome, this is the victor's crown. You, you bring your body, you bring your life into subjection, you yield to the Holy Spirit. Yes, others may be doing it, and even other Christians that you know, but we all know that the Holy Spirit works with us in our salvation. He works things out. And for those of us that are striving, those of us that are are temperate in all things, we bring our flesh, we bring our bodies, we bring our minds into subjection. We purge ourselves, as I mentioned, from other things. There is an incorruptible, a victor's crown that is awaiting you. The second crown that is described in scripture, and these are in no given order, just five crowns, here's the second one, it is called the crown of life, also known as the martyr's crown. Revelation chapter chapter 2, verse 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days, but thou faithful, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. See, the crown of life is often called the martyr's crown or even the sufferer's crown. And this reward will rectify the many injustices Christians suffer in life. Those who have suffered much yet endured with the sweet Christian spirit will be given the crown of life. The crown is also a special reward for those that have been faithful unto death as a witness to Christ. See, all the things that people do or your enemies or those that come against you and you endure, not with a bitter spirit, not with an angry attitude, but with a sincere spirit, with the, with the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. There is a reward that awaits you. God sees what we endure. God sees what we go through, the persecution. Whether that's a national persecution, whether that's a that's a personal persecution, maybe at your job, maybe your family that has cast you out, maybe your co-workers who don't accept you, maybe because you turned your back to the world and now your friends have turned their back on you, maybe because you're pursuing a higher calling than God. See, when when you when you endure, when you overcome some injustices that come your way and you do it with the right attitude in Christ, forgetting those things that are behind you, you press forward to the upward call of Jesus, there's a reward for you. And it's called the crown of life. The third crown in scripture is the crown of glory, also known as the elders crown. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2-4 through four states this, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Be ready, be of ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. This is often called the shepherd's crown or the pastor's crown. This is reserved for those who have given their lives to the teaching of God's word. Yes, if you are a pastor, if you're a preacher, if you're a teacher of God's word, listen, the Bible says that there is a crown of glory that awaits you when we teach the word of God faithfully, rightfully dividing the word of truth. Let me encourage you. All the sacrifices that you make, all the hours you put in study, there is going to be a divine compensation for what you're doing for God and for God's people. And it's the crown of glory. The fourth crown is the crown of righteousness. This is 2 Timothy 4.8. It says, There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. A special crown is reserved for those Christians who, inspired by the imminent return of Christ, have lived a very righteous and holy life. God does not demand talented vessels for his service. In fact, we need to remember that what comes from our lives is accomplished by his power, not by our skill or talent. He simply lays down one major requirement, that a Christian be clean. Somehow the doctrine of the imminent return of Christ has a purifying effect upon the believer. Titus chapter 2 verses 12 through 14 and 1 John chapter 3 verses 2 and 3. Again, when you set your life apart for God's special purpose and you love his coming, you you can't wait for his coming and and it causes, it provokes you to live a holy life. There's a crown of righteousness. And then the fifth crown that the Bible talks about is the crown of rejoicing, also known as the soul winner's crown. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. For what is our hope, our joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. This is often referred to as the soul winner's crown. This crown is reserved for those who have devoted their primary attention to the salvation of lost souls. Often this service is rendered obscurely unknown to other Christians. Those unsung heroes and all of those that have given themselves to winning people to Christ will receive this crown. If you have a passion to win the lost, you share the gospel everywhere you go, from restaurants to shopping malls to gas stations to just everyday life. There's a crown for the soul winners. See, crowns are a symbol of authority. They, they're a symbol of a reward, of, of coming. Revelation 3:11, Jesus said, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have so that no one will take your crown. Second John 8 warns: watch yourselves that you do not lose what you have, what we have accomplished. Many Christians have served the Lord for many years only to fall to the enticement of the flesh. That turns him from serving Christ to reveling in the appetites of the flesh. Although they may not, they may not lose their salvation, so to speak. They may not, they may not lose what God has done. The seed of salvation is still at work in their life and they can always repent and come back to Christ. Yet they might lose their crowns that they've already earned. they don't stay faithful to the journey, and this is an encouragement to stay faithful. And when we stand in before the judgment seat of Christ as believers, all of our motives, the intent of our heart, what we did for God or what we didn't do for the Lord will be tested by fire. And for many, it'll be a great day of rejoicing to receive the compensation, the divine reward that scripture promised you that you know in your heart, you don't do it for man, you do it for God. Where you are motivated by a heavenly reward. Where like Moses, you, you esteem the pursuit of heavenly riches over the treasures of this world. See, what you've known deep inside your heart is actually accurate. And there are rewards and there are crowns that believers will receive on that day. And to wrap up this episode, again, I'm only giving you surface. I don't have the time to give you much deeper than that. There's also another judgment. And quickly, that's the great white throne judgment. Every person will stand before their creator to give an account for their life. And books will be opened, as the Bible mentions. Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. Revelation 20, 12 through 13. Revelation 21, 27. Even the law, Galatians 3.20 There are books that will be opened And we will stand before the judge And everything we did in body Good and bad Every word we said, every deed we did Will be brought Will be brought out from the books See, the great white throne judgment It's one that Every person that has ever lived will stand before. We have to understand that right now, today, is the opportunity for salvation. In this moment, you're alive listening to this podcast. See, the good news is that if you hear me right now, if you're alive and you're not living for God, or maybe you've gone off the path of salvation, you can always come back. Because once we stand before the judge, there is no repentance. Once we stand before God, there there is no preaching. It's what you've done. It's no longer a message. It's a verdict. And those apart from Jesus, according to Scripture, will receive the judgment for their sins. And those who have accepted Christ will receive the reward of everlasting life. Again, again, It is appointed for man to die once and then judgment. I encourage you in this time, in this season, let this episode be a moment. Let it be a symbol. Let it be a sign of God calling you back into a loving, merciful, grace-filled relationship with him. I pray that this end time series that I put together for you, Although it wasn't completely exhaustive on every topic, hopefully it gave you enough hunger to desire more, not just more of knowledge, but more of him. As always, you are your greatest investment and you are your greatest investor. I hope and pray that this episode finds you and leaves you blessed. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Oh, 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 oh oh, 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 oh